Good evening, sports world. What is happening? Chris Dell here, your host from the Family Feud Sports Podcast, welcoming you back to another episode of our College Football Insider Special, sitting here with former college NCAA insider, Mr. Alan Dell, a.k.a. The Godfather, and a man who is still vouching for his boy, Willie Taggart, and the Florida State Seminoles after a brutal opening week loss. Mr. Allendale, I'm going to let you take the reins right here real quick. What is your biggest? What are your biggest takeaways from week one of the college football season? Well, what you want to talk about Taggart since you brought him up, and I've known him for a long time. Yeah, it was a rough day. Everybody seems to be piling on with him. But, you know, it won't bother him because he's that kind of guy who doesn't get bothered by that stuff. They had a bad game uh, against Virginia Tech. Things didn't go right. His play calling might have been a little questionable. His offensive line play was pretty brutal, brutally bad. But I don't, it, don't, don't quit on Willie after one game. By the way, him and Jim Arbor are great friends, uh, mentor, tutor, so forth. So I wonder what they talked about because they talk after every game. I was going to say two big-name coaches potentially on the hot seat. We'll get, wow. we'll get to that in a second. We'll hold off on the Godfather's hot seat real quick. But just to cap it off, you've covered Willie Taggart for a very long time, back in his days as the head coach of the University of South Florida, before that when he was at Western Kentucky. Before that, he's from this area that we are broadcasting from here in Manatee County in southwest Florida. So former uh, Bradenton, Florida native Willie Taggart is. This guy grew up in our hometown, in our backyard. You personally have covered him for many, many years, what, almost decades now. So yeah. you go, how far do you and Willie go back? Well, he, he played in the, in the mid-90s, uh, quarterback at Manatee High. He went. He won the state championship as a junior, and he went to the state title game as a senior, and then he went to Western Kentucky with four-year All-American runner-up for the Walter Payton Award, which, which is the equivalent of the Heisman in, in one, what was then one AA. So would – we we had the uh, poll that came out what a, maybe a week or two ago. A lot of, a lot of nationally syndicated shows are talking about is the most overrated coaches in college football, voted by fellow college football coaches at the NCAA level. Willie Taggart was either at the top or tied at the top of that list as most overrated coach in the country. Obviously, his week one showing doesn't doesn't do too much to dispel those notions that he is overrated. What's your take on that? Well, is it too uh, early to judge, or, or, well, or are the coaches right? Let's go back to his debut at, at University of South Florida. He lost his first game ever. I was there that night in the press box at McNeese State, little 1AA school. They scored 53 points. And uh, it took Willie, I'll say, two and a half years to get that program going. But he did, and he had a great uh, his fourth year. That he won 11 games, program record. But uh, Florida State's different. Uh, they don't need a rebuild. Uh, and I don't think the fans are going to wait two and a half years. But you got to give the guy, you know, more than one game. I, I say Willie's by by year two. By the end of year two, he needs to show a, a, a dramatic improvement or. Uh, this love fest that the fans have for him, and they all love him. He's a nice guy. He's a lot better, a lot nicer guy than Jimbo Fisher, who was cranky and so forth, not very friendly. Well, the fans are about to start getting cranky if he doesn't well, start F- getting F- wins F- like fans that. Are, oh, they're brutal. Well, the they Campbell Doak Stadium was lit, to say the Campbell. least, right? I mean, it's, let's let's use that expression that expression here for the time being. Those fans were into the game, extremely loud and passionate throughout almost the entire game, right up until the end. I mean. Florida State got almost little to say little to nothing on the offensive side of the ball. Their quarterback had two red zone turnovers himself. 
Francois not looking very good in this I, outing. I, I disagree. I, th- I like Francois's arm. I thought his arm looked good. And, and you, FSU had what, what was most likely a touchdown, but that should have been reviewed. It looked like he got in. But they, and either way, they had a first and goal from the one, and they couldn't get it in. And, and the, their red zone offense was absolutely horrible. I questioned some of Willie's play calling, but, but that's a li- the way he likes to do things. Well, and he well how, how about the Virginia Tech uh, coaching? You mentioned that Virginia Tech head coach, a, a former colleague of Willie Tech, Taggart, yeah, that, I, that's had his number. Am yeah, I right? I, think, I believe he's 5-0 and against Willie right now. He goes to Memphis. So the guys have gone against each other. And, and Bud Foster, the defensive coordinator, it seemed like he knew everything that was going on. FSU's offense reminded me of USF's offense. Coached Ex- by Willie Taggart. Yeah, except USF had Quinton Flowers, who's one of the best quarterbacks to play the game of football in the last couple of years. And they weren't playing against power conference defenses like Willie Taggart is now. So does, yeah, the, does, this, does this spread gimmicky, quote-unquote gimmicky offense, is it going to fly in, in a power uh, conference I, like I, the ACC, one of the top in well, the country? He still likes to run the ball. His offensive line is probably the weakest part of that team. The defense was okay. They weren't bad. They got pushed around on the first drive, but then, then they – they tightened up. They gave up a field goal and second attempt, second possession by Virginia Tech, and then they basically shut him down. But yeah, the offense struggled. Where was Cam Akers? He had an 84-yard, 84-yard run. He got caught from behind. He's not supposed to get caught. And other than that, he averaged less than a yard a carry. So. Yeah, he slowed down pretty quick once he got about 50 yards downfield. I definitely noticed that watching that specific play of the game. But, I mean, preseason rankings, I know, I know they don't mean too much. I mean, you, you've done your own rankings in the past as well. But should they have even been ranked in the top 25, Florida State? No. Or is that just – I mean, they weren't that good last no, year. Let's seven, remember that. They were 7-6. and six. No, they weren't. So they probably shouldn't have been ranked, but it's Florida State. You know, and Willie created a lot of excitement. So, yeah, that's a good point. Virginia Tech uh, is a better team, at least right now they are. How far do you move Virginia Tech up as an impressive win on the road against a formidable ranked, at the time, ACC opponent in Florida State? Or Are the Hokies for real? Do they have Final Four aspirations if they continue uh, to win and stay unbeaten? So. I mean, they, they moved up to number 14 in the coaches. Well, they're, they're not a Final Four team. Come on. They're just... Number 12 in the AP? Hey, a couple Four. more wins, a couple more losses from teams ahead of them. They, they could sneak into the top ten, maybe close to the top five. You never no, know. We need to stop talking about that. So we're getting, getting a little ahead of I ourselves. Mean, I mean, that's just like talking UCF. So here's our, our College Football Insider Special Podcast coming to you live every Tuesday. Or not, not live, but live right now and then maybe a few hours later published on the Anchor app and other places as well. iTunes, Google Play Store, etc. We appreciate you tuning in, listening in. I'm your host, Chris Dell. The mad journalist sitting here with my not so humble father slash godfather, aka Mr. Allen Dell, former NCAA college football writer and overall NCAA sports writer. And so, some of the things we're going to be getting into on this podcast, which we did last year as well, is the Godfather's hot seat, which we're going to get into in a second. Biggest takeaways of the week, biggest surprises of the week. What's, what games or game to look forward to in the coming week? We're going to go over our top four rankings and the Godfather's Heisman watch as well. And without further ado, let's talk about the hot seat. I mentioned Willie Taggart to start it off. Wanted to, wanted to get you going there, Mr. Allendell. Who officially is the top of the hot seat on the Godfather's well, throne right I now? I mean, let's not put Willie on here after one game. But okay, we'll give Willie a pass, but somebody's got to be on there. Well, David Beatty from Kansas. He, he won. He won three games. He's won three games in three seasons, and he lost to Nichols State on, on Saturday. That Nichols State is a is an FCS school. You're not supposed to lose to them, so uh, 
he's in bad shape. Uh, and then you got Bob Davey in New Mexico. Uh, he beat some unknown team. Uh, he's, he's, he lost nine games last year, and then he was suspended for 30 days following allegations that he obstructed a rape investigation, made racist comments, and physically assaulted players. So the question is, why is Bob Davey even still coaching? I don't know, but that's a good question. Uh, Urban Meyer's been getting really raked by the media, but Bob Davey, for whatever reason, seemed to escape all that. Those are my first two, and I'm going to tell you something. I'm putting Jim Harbaugh on the hot seat. I, I don't care. He's, he's making tons of money. Fans are starting to get upset with him. He, he lost another big game, 9-9, nine and nine, last 18. Uh, he, he's got to be on that hot seat. There's no question about it. I think him, him and his, his beautiful creased and, and, and beautifully ironed, Dry, dry, clean khaki pants. Let's just put it that way. Jim Harbaugh there. Uh, your, your biggest takeaway from week one of the college football season, uh, in, in other words, as I put it, anticlimactic week one. Yeah. There weren't any of those classic signature moments of games going down to the wire, game-winning well, game uh, field Washington. goals, game-winning touchdowns. Auburn-Washington, good game. But. Among top teams, Auburn-Washington, that, that was a big one. And uh, Notre Dame beat Michigan 24-17. Uh, the, the near upset, little Appalachian State almost took it to Penn State. And that was 11 years from the day that they upset Michigan. Yeah, it was one of the so, biggest college football yeah, upsets of all time. I mean, those time. were the games to, uh, you know, keep your eye on. Uh, Miami got trounced, so that wasn't a very good game. Not a, not a good day for a Florida team. No, like, no, hey, well, if you're a Kings. How about Florida Atlantic, too? Oh, absolutely getting they, trounced. Some people said that they were an upset candidate to beat Oklahoma. It's not, not so much for Lane Kiffin anymore with the so Owls. So Florida Atlantic, FSU, Florida, well, Florida played Charleston Southern. Excuse me, those are like playing the guys down the street. And how about USF, the South Florida Bulls yeah. beating Elon. The Gators and the Bulls are the only two Florida teams yeah. that come out of the opening week of college football at 1-0. Right there. What's your, let's say, biggest surprise of week one of the college football season? Biggest surprise? Biggest well, Bryce Love from Stanford uh, getting uh, less than 30 yards rushing. That He's, he's one of my high, top five Heisman. Uh, I, that really surprised me. Uh, does he fall out of the Heisman no, watch, or does he go from him. one down to five, from one down to three? Or, you know, where, where does, where does uh, I mean, obviously you can still bounce back from that, but what do you think's wrong with Bryce Love? Does he could have hurt his NFL draft stock yeah, if he well, keeps, I, keeps no, playing like that. But, but I'll tell you what, Stanford had this receiver, J.J. or Sega Whiteside. He caught six passes, three touchdowns. And, and had 226 receiving yards, so uh, maybe that's why they uh, Bryce Love didn't, uh, didn't do that much. He had over 200 yards receiving. But uh, my top, I, I started the season, my top Heisman candidate is Will Greer, quarterback of West Virginia. He didn't disappoint me against Tennessee. Former Gator right there. Yeah, yeah. And thrown off the team at Florida. Well, he had to leave. Uh, 425 yards, uh, five TDs. Uh, West, West Virginia looking good at 14 in the in the AP poll, number 17 in the coaches poll. Obviously a big win for them, and, the, and they're now a Big 12 team, so they're in that power conference. And, and then my number two, and this is one of Willie's boys, Justin Herbert, the quarterback from Oregon. He threw for five TDs, and he had one rushing TD, uh, and they, beat, they trounced uh, Bowling Green. Sorry, Jason Whitlock, 58-24. Those are my two top guys. There's a lot of good quarterbacks. That, that are going to go for the Heisman uh, this year. And, and a newcomer, 
Well, you got Dwayne Haskins, from quarterback from Ohio State. He had five TDs, uh, threw for 313 yards. And then there's uh, Nick Saban's uh, adopted son, just goes by the name of Tua. It just makes things easier. <laughs> and he had a big day, uh, caught, even though he, Saban kind of lost his mind for a few moments when he was asked to, to evaluate the quarterbacks after that game. Well, you talk about Tua, I mean, it, it's, and I agree with you. He, this might be the most talented quarterback in the country here. It's, this guy's it's got an, he's got NFL written all over him. Athletic, quick. I mean, yeah. Lefty, big, too. Big cannon for an arm. Left-handed. As, as a fellow left-hander, I appreciate my left-handed quarterbacks and left-handed athletes more than anybody. And talking about Nick Saban and his little – Let's say little little, little little baby boy tirade after the game. I mean, so sick of all these coaches and players in the media these days just getting so mad and personally offended and upset. I mean, Tom Brady, him hanging up on radio stations. You got Doug Peterson whining to the media in Philadelphia when all people are asking about is stuff that's, that's relevant and in the news, especially with... Doug Peterson talking about his quarterback situation with the Eagles. I know we're staying in college football, but Nick Saban's the same thing. And this guy's been just personally calling out the media left and right and on national television uh, to, to the to yeah, the, I think he, to the ESPN reporter. I mean, just, I know he, he called her and personally apologized, but come on, Nick Saban, what are you doing? It's, I mean, I, I, know you were, I know you were a little, uh, you know, burnt out or enraged uh, about, the, about that instance in week one. Well, uh, you know, the... Why doesn't someone ask uh, Nick Saban about his schedule, why it's so weak? I mean, they have the best team in the country. He's got the best team in every game that he enters. And look who they're playing. Non they're playing Louisville the first game, Arkansas State. That's a real thriller coming up. Uh, they have a couple of South SEC games, Mississippi, Texas A&M. They play Louisiana. Why, don't, why they're playing them, I don't know. Later on in the year, they play the Citadel. I mean, they, they're not playing Florida or Georgia from the SEC East. Uh, they have an extremely weak schedule. And by the way, next year they open up against Duke, so it's not like they're trying to make their schedule any tough. Hey, well, what, is, is anything ever going to change with that, or is this just the way it's going to uh, be? It, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, I mean, to me, Alabama is like, like Golden State in the NBA. People say Golden State's ruining the NBA. Look, we know who's going to be in the Final Four now. Alabama's going to be in the Final Four. Clemson's going to be in the Final Four. Probably another SEC team. It could be Georgia. It could be Auburn. So that, that's three spots right there. So what does that leave? Oklahoma and a team from the, maybe the Big Ten, uh, Ohio State, you know, or maybe Penn State who, who survived. Uh, but we know we know half of the Final Four now. It's going to take a catastrophic reign of injuries to prevent Alabama and Clemson from making the Final Four. Well, I mean, you just look at the rankings right now, Alabama just a clear cut above the rest of them. If you combine the first place votes from the coaches poll and the AP poll, Alabama's got 107 first place votes, Clemson second with 15. Uh, what Wisconsin got one first place vote, if you look at the AP top 25 for first, and then in the coaches poll, Ohio State got one first place vote. So. Does Ohio State or Wisconsin deserve to be in the top four at this moment, just yeah, after no, one I, week? I, I put Ohio State in the top. I put Oklahoma in over Georgia. You know, Georgia played uh, Austin P. Uh, is that a football team? No, that's, <laughs> that's another nickel state right there. Yeah, and that well, this week uh, they credit they have to go to South Carolina. That'll be a tough game. Oklahoma versus UCLA, another another game on the radar for week two, right? Is it your boy Chip, Chip Kelly to see if he can pull off the upset there? Who's who's in your top four? I mean, we talked about those. You mentioned Auburn. You mentioned Georgia, Oklahoma. Um, I know we talked about West Virginia earlier. They're a little bit further on the outside looking in. Or teams like Notre Dame, 
Stanford, uh, Penn State, which almost lost, but they're still undefeated 1-0. That's all that matters at this point. Who's in your top four at this moment? Well, it's Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma. That's my top four. Do you want to start going after that? No Auburn. No. Georgia, Wisconsin, Auburn, Notre Dame, and maybe Stanford or USC, whoever wins that game. I'm, I'm not – Washington, you want to stick in there at 10? I'm, I'm going all four SEC teams, which might be a first. I mean, I know we're so new to this Final Four, this new playoff format, but right now – you look at Auburn, they're the only team in the country with a win over a top 10 opponent. I mean, I know it's the way the schedule worked out, but they beat Washington, and they were the clear-cut better team in that football game. And then Georgia, obviously, looking extremely talented right now. I mean, they almost won it all last year going to the Final Four. I know they lost Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb, but these guys are right back to where they started, it seems like. Alabama, Clemson, Auburn, Georgia. You tell me another team right now, unless one of them falters down the road, of who should get in. Yeah, maybe Oklahoma's going to hover maybe, around maybe that Ohio spot. State. Ohio State, yeah, I, I give it to you. I still think the Big Ten is overrated as a whole as a conference. I know some people think they're the best. I think it's all about the pageantry and, and the history and tradition with them, where the, the name has more cadence than the actual talent on the football team. But, you know, it, it's early. It's early. We're going to see how the, these things play out. And moving on to week two. Uh, one get, last get, thing we mentioned, uh, okay, top teams and Heisman candidates. Let's not forget Jonathan Taylor, the running back from Wisconsin. We had a decent game, 145 yards, two TDs on 18 carries. So okay. let's not forget about him. So week two coming up. Give me two games to look out for in week two. And I'll preface that by saying – we only have two games between ranked teams this weekend. Well, so we got Georgia number three at number 24, South Carolina, and USC number 17 at number 10, Stanford. Both big-time conference games. What are your two biggest games to look well, forward to in week two? Well, those two, and there's Clemson and Texas A&M. That's a very interesting game. Jimbo Fisher, who must have been laughing when he watched the FSU game the other night. because So that cements his opinion that they can't win without him. So... Uh, I like Clemson watching, uh, taking on Texas A&M. That could be a good game. Georgia, South Carolina, Will Muschamp, smiling Will, as they call him. And, uh, and USC and Stanford is always a great game for the Pac-12, for the nation, too. Always interesting in that game. And USC has, has a, a freshman uh, quarterback. That, that's very interesting to watch. Is USC a team that could sneak could, onto that could, Final Four Raider? Why can't they be watching it and go undefeated? It, it seems like they have the biggest range of outcomes when you look at the between the coaches and the AP poll, the two, the two polls out there obviously every week. USC number 12 in the coaches poll, up three spots from the preseason rankings. And then USC is actually number 17 in the AP poll. They're down two spots from when they started. So... Is, is that a team that you think can move up? Or oh, absolutely. Give, give, if they give, beat Stanford, give, they, should, they should be in the top Yeah, they'll, they'll be in there. So give me a team right now outside of the top ten that has top four sleeper potential when we look at the playoffs in a few outside months. Outside of the top yeah. ten? Yeah, so give me a team outside. Give me a deep sleeper candidate that could get into the final four and potentially have a chance to win it all. Uh, you want to go rankings. crazy and take TCU? I mean, they play, play Ohio State in two weeks. That's not too I crazy. Bet, okay, I, I, if I had to pick somebody right now, I'll go with the Mountaineers, West Virginia, because of Will okay. Greer. Okay, okay. I'll, that'll be my Big 12 man. school right there, West Virginia Mountaineers. Used to battle our South Florida Bulls back in the day. Part of yeah. part of the old Big East. Rest Pat, in peace to the Pat, Big East. Pat White. Yeah, Pat White. Back. Absolutely, yeah. That's, that's, there's a lot of guys that come from there. Great athletes. Well, that's going to wrap it up here for our Week 1 College Football Insider Edition. I'm your host, Chris Dell, the mad journalist, sitting here with the godfather, Mr. Allen Dell, former NCAA College Football, NCAA yeah. Sports Insider. 
on Family Feud Sports. Mr. Allendale, what are your final words yeah, to wrap my, it up My here? only regret is I didn't get to hear the phone conversation between Willie Taggart and Jim Harbaugh after the, their, their, their weekend of defeats. That would have been interesting. I, I wish I would have been able to hear the phone call between Nick Saban making his apology on the phone. Oh, yeah. did, did that even happen, or is that just a conspiracy theory right there? I don't know, maybe right uh, one of his aides called and said he was sorry. I don't know. Well, we're happy to be back after a gorgeous, beautiful summer here in Southwest Florida. We appreciate you tuning in. Sports World, you can catch the Family Feud Sports Podcast powered by Go Baller Media on iTunes, on Google Play, on the Anchor.fm app, and all other podcast apps out there. We'll catch you later this week with some NFL Week 1 coverage. Until then, peace out.